Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the Iron Brew Podcast. Brad Mal, Matt Blanchard on this one, and he's fast becoming our away correspondent. We've got Toby Skelton once again. Um, let's start, I think, with maybe some takeover news, such as there is any, um, just because... I think we can relate this to Simon Elliott, maybe, because it, since it's been known that him and you know his party have been interested and in, you know having negotiations and things like that, he's he's put a tweet out earlier today, and I think this is the first time since we've known he's been doing some dealings that he's acknowledged this in in some sort of public forum. Um, it's it's not loads, but I think it's just a way into the conversation, isn't it? Um, Ian Sharp had put something about the Dagenham and Redbridge result at the weekend. Uh, and Simon's tweeted, we need to get investment in the club now. No more promises from potential suitors, but go with the people that can move now, whoever that may be. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's the first time, to my knowledge, in, sort of in, in Twitter and, and, you know, the public sphere that he has talked about it since he's been doing, you know, talks with Swan. Um, Matt, what do you reckon? Yeah, I think, it, I mean, it appears at first glance that he's trying to put a little bit of pressure on. Um, you know, I think he's, as you say, he's not really said anything, has he? He's obviously been at the games and um, I know Ian Sharp's been at quite a few of the games recently as well. But yeah, that's really the first time that we've seen a comment on the situation. You know, you can only read between the lines on, on these sort of things because obviously we, we don't know the full details. But to me, it appears as though Simon doesn't believe the other group are going to get it over the line. I, that's how it reads to me. I don't know about you, but um, but that's certainly how it appears to me. I suppose the fact as well that he's put, you know, that we can move now, whoever that may be, it, you know, it's not a case of, you know, sell towards it. It's just a case of, let, you know, let's get this done. And I think that that's very much reflects the appetite of the fans at the minute, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it does. Obviously, the last we heard on the on the situation, really, that there were two parties interested, um, but one was a bit more down the line than the other. Um, I understand that's gone a little bit further now, to be honest, and and there is a period of exclusivity now for the um, the London Group or the London Consortium. Um, so, as I understand it, at this moment in time, um, Swan is only talking to them about selling the club and trying to do a deal with them. I don't know how long. Um, he's left in that period. I know um, it was around about a month, I believe. Um, so I don't know how long he's left, but you would imagine as we're heading towards the end of November that, you know, it's it's probably coming to the time when a decision needs to be made uh, one way or another. And I think we did speak about it last week on on the podcast. You know, um, there's only so long he's going to be putting the money in for. Um, obviously, last month, wages were paid. They were paid late. Okay, they were paid on the day, but obviously there were there were some issues there getting that payment made. So, you know, how, how much longer or how many months can he keep doing that and keep kind of funding that when he's got no intention of doing anything with the club moving forward? So it's going to be interesting. I think it's, it's going to be a really big sort of nine, ten days um, towards the end of the month, but I still can't really see anything happening in, in that time frame, really, because we all know that there's the asset of community value. That's obviously still to be sorted out if, if there is going to be a sale uh, I think Rob Waltham was on the radio talking about that a little bit with with Ollie um, and you know I think that is still an issue and I think the trust and the trust board would need to be notified if if Swan was looking to sell the club or, or entered into agreement to sell the club um, so there's still a hell of a lot to sort out and yeah um, at the moment 
I suppose you could see it as as maybe a bit of a positive that he's he's entered into sort of a exclusivity period because maybe they are getting closer from that point of view. But again, who knows? I mean, it's it, obviously Simon uh, has, has tweeted that out tonight, today. I think you know we can we can kind of suggest he's he's trying to put a bit of pressure on, and I believe that they still want to get a deal done. That that's that's what they're saying. But obviously, at the moment, there's there's no contact with between them and them and Swan. And I think ultimately it's going to come down to Swan wanting to sell the whole thing. Uh, if he can sell the land as well as as the club and the ground all in one go, then I think that's that's his um, you know preferred route. That that seems to be the preferred route. Um, he just wants to get rid of it completely, which um, you know that, at the moment I don't think Simon and, and the rest are in a position to do that. I think they just want to secure the club and, and potentially the stadium. So yeah, that that's maybe why they're not kind of the uh, the preferred option in terms of the parties he's speaking to. But yeah, again, there's there's not a lot we know really about the London group um, let's believe they've had some involvement in a, in a club overseas you know a lower league club in Europe so you know they've, they've had some experience before but I do think it was short-lived I don't think it, it lasted too long so you know it's, it's going to be interesting to see whether they can get it over the line and, and judging by Simon's tweet tonight I don't think he believes that that they are going to um, and you know will they be there to pick up the pieces if that deal falls through um, who knows you mentioned um, the interview that Ollie did there with with Rob Waltham. I'm, I didn't actually manage to catch it myself, and I've not I've not had a chance to go back to it. What uh, was there anything sort of significant from that that he was saying? Not uh, not really. You know, I think he was he was saying that he'd not always seen eye to eye with Swan, um, which I think you know that's that's no secret. I think everyone was aware of that. But he did say that he hoped and and he thought that Swan would try and do the best for the club in terms of moving it on to another party. You know, we, we'll we'll see what happens with that. But he did say that he'd be willing. To to work with any potential parties moving forward and I think obviously he's been, he's been down there at the, the ground and he's been at a few games of late as well so I think he's open to working with whoever comes in there's the um, planning permission and things like that with the flats I think is that only outline planning I'm not 100% I can't remember to be honest but you know there's still work to do if someone wants to come in and develop that but it was good to hear that he's open to working with potential parties and potential buyers to to come up with a solution for that and um, you know I think that was that was quite positive because obviously it does show that the council are ready to kind of um, help as much as they can uh, he did go as far as saying he wouldn't be able to buy buy a stadium or anything like that um, however yeah he was open to helping which was um, which was good to hear and um, you know hopefully something can be done on that front just before we go to the Dagenham game then um, Toby just just while while you're on the podcast, I'd be interested to hear sort of sort of your thoughts on the whole situation, the takeover, the ownership. I mean, you know, we as a panel we talk about it quite a lot on here, but it, it's always good to get sort of some other people's opinions on it as well. I mean, I'm the same opinion as you, really, that it needs to happen sooner rather than later because this whole instability, this waiting, you know, it, it does no one any good. Um, you know, at the moment we need investment, we need it fast. Um, if we can't afford to pay wages, obviously that's a massive deal in itself. Um, we need investment on the pitch. You know, the whole the whole thing's a complete mess. Uh, it needs to be resolved soon because, you know, another relegation could be on the cards this season. And and then who's going to pick up the pieces? You know, Swan can't afford to pay money all the time into the club. And yeah, it's it's just sad, you know, going from League One uh, promotion chasers to this, we've got a real threat of not having a club in, in, say, a year's time. And, you know, as fans, that is the worst thing to ever have to, you know, ponder. So I think, like all Scunder fans, you know, I, I agree that, you know, it needs to, something's got to change very, very shortly. And this whole, you know, waiting game, 
it's just no good for anyone, unfortunately. Right, let's go to the match then. Um, another long trip for you, but you decided to put yourself through it again. Uh, a bit bit of an unfortunate one, this one, I think, overall. I mean, we lose 2-1, that, that second goal coming really late on. Um, how, how how did it appear? What did you think about the lineup? How did we get going in the, in the game when it started? Well, see, before the game, I was very, very sort of uh, disheartened. The lineup didn't look great. Um, you know, Rowe was out, Ogle was out, obviously, you know, not all because of his suspension. So you're seeing Gallimore playing, you're seeing uh, Marcus Carver playing. It doesn't fit with much confidence, but honestly, um, the team really played well. It was the best I've seen the team play for a long time. We were very, very unfortunate. You know, we created a lot of chances. Again, the finishing was a bit subpar, um, but that could be down to confidence because obviously we've lost three in a row before that game. Um, but I, I can't fault the team at all. You know, I think everyone played well, really. Um, I want to mention also Marcus Carver because, again, he, he he gets a lot of stick from fans and often rightly so. But I think, you know, he had a point to prove and he, he came up, he came on from the start. He was in the defenders' faces. He was, you know, really, really lively. And yeah, like he was playing as if, you know, he wants to be claimed for playing, you know, regularly now because obviously with Nuttall not being there, it was his chance. And I thought he really took it. But yeah, I mean, the goal as well from us, uh, Andrew Boyce for that finish was incredible. Like you always think it'd be a header for Boyce, but Seeing that goal right behind it as well, it was a fantastic finish. Overall, yeah, I mean, usually we come in here and we sort of say, you know, players making mistakes or the players not playing well enough. But this time, honestly, I can't fault anyone really. There was the heart that was there, there was desire to win. We were just really unfortunate. And, you know, I left feeling like obviously upset that we lost. But, you know, there is some confidence from that, that, you know, we've not we've not gone there. We've not got battered and we've gone away to a team who are in the top 10 and we've matched them, if not better them all game. And just unfortunately, you know, ruin our mistakes. And I said at half time that when it was worn all, we missed all these chances. You just know what's going to happen. We're going to concede a last minute goal. Um, we're going to go home unhappy. And that's what happened. But this is Scunthorpe United and, and these things do happen. But we do need to pick up some points quickly because obviously Gates had won at the weekend as well. When our second bottom, well, I think three points from safety. On paper, it looks very, very bleak and depressing. But on the pitch, you know, I, I can't fault the players at all. We really we really tried hard, but unfortunately, it just didn't work out for us. I suppose in, in some ways, given the, the previous game, you know, losing to Maidstone, that's the one that, you know, people really had down as we should have been winning that one. I, I guess in some way, from what you're saying, there's there's a little bit to take that it doesn't seem like that result has, has got to them, you know, and, and maybe they still believe that they can get out of the situation that we're in. Massively, because we started off on the front foot, you know, um, we we should have scored in the first sort of five minutes. We had a few good chances then. And I mean, their goal in the 40 minute was against a run of play as well. So um, it would just come out of nowhere, basically. But yeah, like from the start, we just we looked sharper. You know, we looked a lot faster, which often, you know, we start games poorly. But no, on Saturday, we were right in their faces. You know, we clearly were up for it. And, you know, usually we do sort of question you know, our players really willing to play for the shirt. You know, were they a bit lethargic? But from, from the start, you could really tell that they were really up for it. And, you know, again, I can't fault that. You know, maybe the quality is perhaps not there at times for us, but the effort was definitely there. And, yeah, it was, again, just frustrating how we sort of concede in the 40th minute because, you know, it's a regular occurrence for us now. We concede goals uh, from crosses and set pieces. Against Wrexham, it was the case. Against Maidstone, their first goal was from a corner, sorry, from a cross and a header. Um, and the first goal was for Dagenham was again from another corner from the right hand side, good header and one nil down. And when we're away from home, we always just you know we can't we can't we can't buy a win. You know we can play well and we've not won away since last year. And 
you know, you just get the feeling that when is this curse going to break? You know, we can do all we want, we can try it hard, but we just can't seem to win away. And this is going to be our downfall. You know, if we can just, if we keep on losing away games like this, you know, we're, we're never going to get out of the relegation battle. And it's it's just, I'm in two minds because I'm I'm happy that the performance level was very, very good against Dagenham, but, you know, we just can't afford to keep on losing because teams around us have and are winning games. Like, you know, Gateshead won, Yeovil drew with Knotts, which was a, a fantastic draw for them. Uh, Maidstone and Oldham both drew as well. So, you know, it's all right saying his performances are getting better, but when the results don't follow, you know, it's getting increasingly bleak for us. Yeah, and I suppose as you've already mentioned our goal, and it, it comes what about sort of five or six minutes after we concede, doesn't it? Um, it's it's a nice goal. It, you know, the ball into the box from Tom Pugh, I think, is really well hit, drops nicely, and and Boyce there, as you mentioned, to put it away, and it's a nice finish from him. I think you know we we've seen this league and this season, last season that there's a lot of goals going from set pieces and defenders do tend to get on the score sheet. We've not really seen that from our players this season. So it was nice to sort of see them get a goal. And, and when I saw Boyce had scored, I was expecting, you know, as you said earlier on, a header. And But it wasn't that. It was, it was a really good finish. It was a great finish from Boyce. Um, and again, nothing nothing less than we deserve, really, because we were on top for the whole of the first half. We created chances all all the first half as well. You know, Aptor should have scored. Woodford had a few good chances as well. And it was just, it was something that wasn't more than more than just a one goal in that first half. But yeah, again, the ball in from Pierre was fantastic, right on the money. Uh, and the technique from Boyce there, you know, on full on the volley, right in the bottom corner, you know, it was fantastic. You know, we wouldn't have thought that Boyce has that in his locker. In this league, teams do leak a lot of goals. Um, so I think Barnet in the playoffs, they've conceded 38 goals. And like, you know, we, we can score against these teams. You know, against Wrexham, we score. Against Dagenham, we score. They've got a really good home record. So, you know, it's not as if like... Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. It's an impossible task for us, but... We just need to be more clinical. And that definitely was our downfall against Dagenham, just not taking these chances. But yeah, fair play to Boyce, good finish. And one that was definitely surprising for us all the way in there. You talk about being clinical. I think one example to bring up is is obviously Butterfield's chance, isn't it? I mean, that that's a it goes back to what we were saying in the other game. Um, that Maidstone was, you know, Lavery, I think. Um, when you get in those positions and you're backing your player to score, it's the same thing here. I mean, Manny Anarise obviously just he just passes it to him basically, doesn't it? He gets in the box and it's just not really hit with any power or any sort of force or anything like that. And and you think when when he picks that ball up and he's he's pushing his way into the box there, you, you do back him to score that. You think it's going to be a certain goal, wouldn't you, really? But again, as you were saying against Maidstone, against Wrexham, you know, we have these good chances, but we just don't take them. And I'm not sure it's a confidence thing, because again, our form recently has been very, very poor. 
are the players just not in the sort of, I don't know, are they not as perhaps cool as they could be, you know, mentally in terms of shooting in front of goal? I'm not too sure. But, you know, you know, if there was at least sort of two chances that you know, we should have been certain goals for us, um, but we, we just we just don't take them. And I think like when we are at the bottom sort of fighting to survive, you know, these games just happen there where we just can't seem to score um, and it ends up buying us in the future. And again, against Dagenham, that was the exact sort of, that was the case again, you know, just great chances, but we just can't finish. Yeah, let's maybe look at some some players specifically then. You've, you've mentioned Carver, and I think he's probably one to bring up because there's obviously an incident that he's involved in. I think we can we can chat about that in a minute. But just as you mentioned at the start when we were chatting about this game, you know, we, we say that Nuttall suspended. Well, we've mentioned previously, haven't we, that it, there's a very real possibility that he won't be here in January. And if you look back to last season when Loft went, you know, our downfall wasn't necessarily that Loft went, it was that we didn't replace him. And, you know, we are arguably in a worse position now. Chances are, if not if not all does go, somebody comes in with an offer, you'd think you're going to take it. And then also that maybe we don't bring anybody else in. So with, with the players we've got and how we sort of were yesterday, what would you make of our chances, you know, going forward and, and with the team like that? Well, on that showing, Carver was really good. I think maybe in the past, he's not been fully match fit, but obviously his loan spell at South Pond has helped him a little bit in that regard. But... Yeah, he just from the start, you could tell that he was trying to prove a point. You know, he was, you know, sort of rattling their defenders. You know, he was creating sort of chances for us, you know, holding the ball up well, which we've, we've missed that recently, you know, good hold-up play as well. Yeah, I mean, we, we do need additions because like, if not all goes, we've only got sort of one out-and-out striker in Carver in the squad. You know, if he gets injured or something, you know, we'd be, we'd be doomed effectively. Um, but honestly, I can't fault him. You know, I know he gets a lot of stick from fans, but... On that showing, you know, I was really impressed. I mean, right from the start, right from the start, it was all, it was, it was everywhere. You know, he just looks up for it. You know, he looked very physical. We've sort of missed that physical presence as well recently, I thought. Um, he was winning head as well as well. So, yeah, I mean, he's not the most gifted player in our history, obviously. But, you know, I, I genuinely, I've not got a bad word about him, that performance at all. He was, it was very impressive for me. Yeah, I think he's going to give you that sort of aggression. I think he's going to get in people's faces. I think we saw that even early on when he came in. I think it was probably a little bit unfair because obviously when he came in, he was we signed him injured. Um, and, you know, there's there's question marks whether we should have done that in the first place. Um, but yeah, I think um, he's always going to try his best. You know, he, he puts a lot of effort in. I think that's all fans want to see. And I think fans are going to take to him a little bit more than Nuttall because he does put himself about a bit more. You know, he does go in for challenges and, and he does kind of harry defenders and, and put them under pressure. So I think fans are probably going to take to him a little bit more in, in that regard. Um, but yeah, hopefully, you know, he's had a decent loan spell at Southport. He scored a few goals. Um, I think he just needs a goal really for us, doesn't he? Just to kind of um, might might help his confidence a little bit. Do you want to maybe just chat about that instant he was involved in then, Toby? Because obviously that, that is a significant moment in the game for him. Yeah, I didn't see it properly. I, my view was impaired a little bit. But by all accounts, you know, he was literally punched by the Dagenham player. And the referee, um, funnily enough, he booked both people. So he booked Carver and Phipps, the Dagenham player, for the incident. So, And also on the highlights, it was, um, I guess, conveniently omitted from them. So, I mean, that in itself is a bit of a red flag. Um, but, yeah, by all accounts, he was literally punched. Um, and the whole away end, you know, they are all very, very convinced that was the case. I mean, as a referee, if a player has literally been punched, then how, how, can, how can you book... The, uh, the victim in this, Carver, and not send off the player who committed the foul. It's it's absurd. And the referee all game, I think, had a terrible match. You know, like, 
in this league, referees tend to be <laughs> quite poor overall, but I think this one was just a next level. You know, it was just so frustrating, giving fouls that weren't fouls to Dagenham. Um, just, yeah, I mean, to not to not send someone off for a punch, is it's just absurd. And, like, you wonder, where are these referees from? You know, are these some sort of, like, Sundelli referees on their sort of bid out or something? It's just crazy. Um, so, I think, had the Dagenham player got a red card in that sort of minute, I think it was the 54th minute, so it was quite early in the game. If that was a red card, the game would have changed. I think we would have won that game. But, you know, after that, Dagenham began to sort of get a bit more confidence in them. They created a few more chances. And then, obviously, lo and behold, they do score later on. But, yeah, that could have been a massive turning point because if there was if they had 10 men on the pitch, Dagenham, I think we may have created a good enough chance to win that game. But, again, we say all the time, refereeing this league is terrible. And that was that was probably up there with the absolute worst that I've seen for an awful long time. Yeah, you mentioned they sort of get back into the game there. And again, and from our point of view, another really frustrating goal, isn't it? It's, you know, it's basically it's just crossed in. And, and once again, he's got his way in front of the defender and just taps it in. Uh, it's it's another sort of really soft one. But also, apart from that goal that we actually do concede, they hit the post a couple of times, don't they? So there, there are opportunities for them. Yeah, second half after that incident, they, they, they did actually improve a lot to affect Dagenham. Um, yeah. But the goal itself, you know, it's it happens all the time. It's a set piece. It's a ball in. No one's no one's marking their player, and the finish isn't great. But you know, it goes it, it goes beyond you worst, and you know it's two one in the fifty sorry eighty fifth minute, and you think, well, then that's it. The game's gone. We're not gonna, we're not going to score now. You know, it, it's another defeat on the road for us. But yeah, Dagenham second half they sort of come on to us a bit more. Um, their their striker Marias had a good game. I thought it was very very sort of. Um, you know, he was, running, he was running around a lot. He was creating chances for them. Uh, he was sort of bullying our defenders. Um, but, yeah, it is just it is just heartbreaking because, like, we didn't deserve that, you know. But it's, we can see the same goals week in, week out. And you think that, you know, our our defenders, you know, we've got, we've got Taft, we've got Boyce. These, these are tall, you know, big lads who have experience behind them. And, yeah, we're just getting the same goals, you know. So I'm not too sure why that is. You know, these players... You know they know how to mark attackers, you know, and they see this every week, and nothing, nothing's changing. So I'm not too sure why that is, but yeah, it, it was a real heartbreaking goal, but one that we all knew was going to happen because you know this is Scunthorpe United, and whenever we play well, we inevitably can see late on the home fans there are saying that you know we should have got at least a draw or a win from the game. Um, then yeah, I think it tells all you need to know that we were just unfortunate. And yeah, the, these these goals we can see just need to be stopped because they're they're easily they're easily resolved because you simply just you know look at who's around you, look at your surroundings, and just try to mark you know the bigger lads who are going to try and get the header in. But you know it's the same week in week out, unfortunately. Yeah, and obviously this could go one of two ways now, really, isn't it? You know, if you, as you're saying, we you know, we should have won that one. They could be thinking that and then, you know, take that into the next game uh, at Wellstone. But obviously it could go the other way too in that it's a game we should have won. Following another game we should have won, you know, and we, these these draws that we were having, they've sort of turned into defeats in the run of form now. And it's, uh, what is it, three or four on the bounce now already? And, four on the bounce, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and the, the, the fixture list isn't looking any easier. No, it's not. And the thing is, after that game, you know, we played well, but will that sort of dent confidence again? It might do because, you know, we've missed good chances. We've come away with another defeat and players' heads might drop. Hopefully that's not the case. But I think, you know, when you do travel all that way, you put in all the effort and you lose, it does turn you a bit, I think it does turn you mentally. 
Um, so yeah, the fixtures going forward, obviously, Wilson, um, again, away on Saturday, you know, our away form, we can't buy a win. But yeah, Wilson themselves, their form recently has not been too bad. You know, they beat York, they drew to Wrexham, so they're not a bad team by, by any stretch of the imagination. But we're going to go there again, thinking it's going to be another tough game. You know, we're away from home. It's not going to happen for us. But yeah, I mean, after that, obviously, we've got Notts County at home, which, you know, Notts themselves, their second, you know, they... Granted, they only drew to Yeovil the weekend, but before that, they were scoring for fun. And against our defence, you know, you'd back them to score, you know, another three or four. The thing is, when's our next win going to come from now? You know, look at Willstone, Notts County. Then we've got Yeovil, which, you know, Yeovil, they've actually improved under Mark Cooper recently. Again, they're not perfect, but again, it's away from home. against a team that are slightly resurgent. You know, you're thinking, yeah, it's going to be another battle of attrition and probably going to come with another loss. So the thing is, like, we can play well, but ultimately we don't score enough goals. Um, and that that in itself, you know, that's that's our biggest downfall. And yeah, I just I just don't know. I mean, I, I can unfortunately see us getting sort of um I guess dragged apart from the rest of the sort of relegation sort of uh, battle now because you know other teams around us are winning and we've got these tough fixtures. And if we continue this current form, you know, we're gonna be bottom by a good few points and you know, when was the last time we went on a good run of form? It's years ago, isn't it, really? You know, we had those few draws in October, but that got us from, what, bottom to second bottom. And the last time we won, you know, two games in a row, you know, was, we're talking, I think, months, if not over a year now. Um, I think, yeah, I think we actually will be over a year since the last one, two in a row. So, you know, these statistics are very, very damning. Um, and if this continues, you know, this is only going to go one way, and that's National League North Football next season, unfortunately. I think it was probably, was it under Cox? And I think we had that run of maybe three games in a row where we won. Uh, I don't know. If you lockdown season, kids. I think. Yeah, when we beat Colchester away amongst other teams, like January <laughs> last year, I think, rings a bell. Yeah, I think we had that good run that probably just about secured the um, safety that season because obviously the, the run after that was, was absolutely awful. And, um, you know, we've never seemed to get out of that one. But we had a tweet in, um, it was after the um, Maidstone game, actually. It was from Jason Herbert. And he said, uh, we probably need seven more wins at least this season from the 27 games remaining. And it's taken us 80 games to win the last seven. And as you say, the stats, yeah, they're, they're just not looking great at the minute. And um, it's probably going to be a very tough game again at the weekend at, at Wilston, who, you know, you'd hope we could go there and, and get a result. But um, again, it's going to be a difficult place to go. It's going to be one of those grounds, not very nice ground to visit. Bit of a shock for our lads probably as well. And um, yeah, I think uh, we'd do well to get a, a point there, I think. So um, we'll see. And it, it, obviously, Olamola's there as well. I don't know if he's fit at the moment, but um, if he is, you could bet on him scoring, can't you? <laughs> yeah, never in doubt. Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> Just saying about, you know, the, the squad depth, you mentioned it before on the podcast, but you know, against Dagenham, we brought on two subs both after the second goal went in. So the 86th minute and the 89th minute. And again, who do we bring on? We bring on Colin Daniel and we bring on Wilson. And these two players by themselves are not particularly game changers, I wouldn't say. I mean, I don't want to be harsh to them, but, you know, Daniel hasn't played for about, I think, just over a month now. Um, and Wilson hasn't particularly kicked on from when initial person to the scene sort of back in the springtime. And, um, you know, if we're, if we're sort of losing by a one goal margin or we're drawing games and we're bringing on these players, you know, you just, you, there's no confidence in that. And I think, again, Dawes just doesn't back his subs really because, again, make the subs really late on. And by that point, you know, we're already getting beat. The game is basically gone. Dagenham is going to sit behind. You know, they're going to part the boss. They're going to just, you know, um, sort of waste time the last sort of five minutes there. So 
if that's our sort of squad depth going forward, you know, you just you're just not confident, and you you just you just fear the worst of that one again. And I think we'll leave that there then. So yeah, not looking good on all fronts once again. So, Toby, thanks for coming back on and, and telling us sort of how it was. No, thank you very much. It was nice to actually see a full game this time rather than being yeah. kicked out for something academic. But yeah, unfortunately it was a loss, <laughs> but we go again next week at Wheelstone, yeah. Yeah, exactly. See if you can make 90 minutes there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, thank you everybody for listening to this one. We'll see you on the next one. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 